CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. It's your money and your life with Don Cash and myself talking investing, finance, and retirement. And on the podcast this go around, we're going to talk about some things you might not know about HSAs. I don't know if it's necessarily five things or whatever, but we've got a few items that you may not know about HSAs. And I think it's going to be a really good conversation to have with Don, as always. And if you got questions, make sure you reach out to him. Before you take any action, always check with a qualified professional like Don, who is a CPA and a CFP here on Your Money and Your Life. And you can find him at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. And you can also find him right here. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Mark? Doing well. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Not doing too bad. Uh, sweltering a bit because the heat is back at the time we're taping this. We're back up 95 degrees or so. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, actually here, not too bad. We haven't had like a, you know, a real wicked heat wave. Uh, it was hot when we were away on our vacation end of June right? here, but it's been actually very pleasant. But um, nice. You know, we've been spending a lot of time at the beach and, uh, and That's doing always family nice. activity. Oh, it's always a good time. But hey, Mark, speaking of the beach, do you mm-hmm. remember the movie Jaws 2? Oh, of course I remember Jaws. Jaws 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still the same same guys. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. Same theme. The advertising theme was um, just when you thought it was safe to go back into the water. Right, right. <laughs> right? It's now. like you should be uh, fearful and, and uh, don't think it's safe to go back in. But uh-huh. it, it kind of feels like that now with all the, the talk about the Delta variant <laughs> and <laughs> okay, spread yeah. among the unvaccinated and the vaccinated. As well, and, yeah. It, Both it's, well, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty CDC. good tagline. Yeah, that's I, I like that. Yeah, um, all the confusing CDC guidance. So oh, it's uh, it's like you know, just when you thought it was safe to go back outside and resume normal activities, right. uh, you can't go back into the water. That's pretty fun. I like I do like that uh, using that idea. Well, you know, we can we can be outside apparently, but yeah, they're starting to do some more uh, masks and things again, yet yet again in different places, but. Yeah, there's a lot to it, and it definitely can get very confusing. Speaking of uh, the whole Delta spread thing, are you seeing any changes or activities uh, or plans because of your your client or for your clients? I should say, Mike's my wife and I at the time we're taping this. Uh, Don, it's my anniversary today, and we're going to we were going to our first concert in 18 months uh, tomorrow. But they just sent out an email that masks are now required at the concert and so on and so forth. So, are you seeing concerns or anything on your on your client front? Well, first of all, happy anniversary Thank to you. Thank you very much. And uh, I hope you have a good time, even with the, the masks. Even with the masks on, that's right. Yeah, I think you'll have fun. You know, I think there's always a concern, of course, when you go from you know, 15 or 20,000 cases uh, a day a month ago to like 100 or 120,000, whatever it is now. Um, but the good news is that the, the total weekly fatalities have not really increased very much over the past month. Uh, in the past, there was this what they call this lagging indicator effect, right? We, we've heard that where the fatalities show up two or three weeks later after the infection. But the population of the people getting sick enough to be in the hospitals are, mm-hmm. are mostly, they're saying, mostly younger unvaccinated folks. And um, the latest CDC statistics show that for people over 65, something like up to 90% mark are vaccinated. So, Which is good. Cer- yeah, it's very good. It's certainly reflective of our of our clients. We're definitely seeing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I'm a total data geek, Mark. I mean, <laughs> one of the few people who actually read the data from the CDC and the NIH. 
Well, yeah, and we definitely have done a lot of uh, data on this show. And for those of you who are not data geeks, uh, the CDC obviously is the Center for Disease Control, and the NIH is the National Institute of Health, and they are the big government health agencies. And, you know, I, it is cool, though, that you keep on top of this stuff, Don. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, for the clients, they appreciate that as well. So are your clients learning um, you know, to live with any of these new things? Do they have some, you know, change in plans? Are they reaching out to you about changes in plans or things like that? Yeah, I've seen a couple of clients more cancel plans to travel, but more, I think, are sticking with their plans. There's, you know, more of this uh, life is too short mentality. And, you know, the people, mm-hmm. like you said, you've been cooped up for 18 months. You haven't done what you normally do. Right, right. Um, and I have a few clients over 65 traveling to Europe for vacation or business or family visits over the next uh, month or two. So, you know, certainly don't want to dismiss it because if someone is, uh, you know, immunocompromised, they have a lot of comorbidities, they have uh, a lot of health issues, even if they're under 65, it's certainly a concern. But for people, like I mentioned, the clients I have that are over 65, uh, most of them are pretty healthy. They're all vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, they want to get out and, and, and visit family and see the things that they, they've missed over the past year, year and a half. Exactly. You know, and, and talking of travel and, and just anniversary is pretty funny because the last show we talked about your anniversary. Uh, and this show, it's my anniversary. So, kind yeah, of, that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> it was kind of a, two weeks ago. Yeah, about a week and a half ago for us. And uh, yeah. actually, we made last minute reservations. I was going to ask you, what'd you do? Yeah. Yeah, to spend a long weekend in Cape May. Okay. And I think that we were actually the benefactors of some cancellation of other people's travel plans. There you go. <laughs> Typically, it's impossible to get a weekend hotel reservation at the Jersey Shore mm-hmm. during the peak holiday season. Right, right. I guess there were. You know, cancellations, and, and we got a very nice hotel room. The weather was perfect. We had a great time. It was uh, so it was a it was a really very nice uh, weekend, long weekend getaway. Well, small world, we're going to Hilton Head, so we're going to an island as well, and the same kind of thing. We're like, how? Kind of surprised to see that uh, it's not that busy. <laughs> so, could be very similar to what you saw as well. So the crowds were you know noticeably lower. Anything else? No, I would say the crowd seemed pretty normal for this time of year, Mark. I I did notice that was a large number of New York license plates in town. Uh (laughs) Cape May is a good three hours or more uh, drive from New York City. So typically there's a lot of Pennsylvania and believe it or not, Canadian tourists um, drive down because we're not too far from Toronto and Montreal, but not this year. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I suppose we probably chit-chatted long enough about some of this stuff. We should get into to the topics here. Uh, Off-air, Don, you and I were talking about the hidden value of HSAs or health savings accounts and some of the benefits that many people may not be aware of, particularly into retirement. So let's get into it and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. You know, there's some really valuable planning opportunities here, Mark. First of all, I realized that not everyone has a health savings account, Mm -hmm. right? So right now, but there's about 20 million people who do have them. Um, So for people listening, if you don't have one, your kids or siblings, uh, your friends or colleagues likely do. So I think there's a real opportunity here to help a lot of people. But for those who may not be familiar, here's some basics, right? A health savings account, typically called an HSA for short, it's a a kind of a type of a, a savings account that lets you to set aside money on a pre-tax basis for qualified medical expenses. So by using tax-free dollars in this HSA, this health savings account, 
to pay for things like deductibles, co-payments, co-insurance, and you know some other medical expenses, you may be able to lower your overall health costs. Mm-hmm. So think of an, an HSA, it's kind of like an IRA for medical expenses, right? You get an upfront tax deduction on your contribution, and you could use the money to pay for medical expenses tax-free. So in many respects, it's better than an IRA, right? You get the tax deduction up front, yeah. but you get to use the money tax-free. They're very but helpful. There's two, yeah, there's two parts to this, right? Two parts to the plan. The HSA, the savings account, is coupled with a high-deductible health insurance plan. That's what they call the, the, the um, health insurance part of this. Mm-hmm. Right. So typically, these types of plans are offered by employers as an option, when you sign up for your health coverage or when you renew every year. Um, but you also get one if you're self-employed, by the way. So there are options for people who don't work for a big employer. So it, essentially, again, there's two types, of, two pieces to the puzzle. There's the HSA, and you make contributions or matched from the company, and it's your money. And then there's a the health insurance plan. You pay a premium or part of the premium at work like any other health plan. Yeah, exactly. And, they're, and they can be very useful. You know, we have one ourselves, my wife and I, so we've had one for a number of years. And so, yeah, they can be definitely a useful tool. So for a lot of folks out there who aren't familiar, how does this differ from a typical health insurance plan? You know, there are many different kinds of health plans, of course, available. They run the gamut from comprehensive coverage with lots of choices and higher premiums to more limited coverage with lower premiums with higher co-pays and mm-hmm. deductibles. But the health insurance plan that's coupled with the health savings account, it must be what they call high deductible, right? Meaning that the minimum deductible is $1,400 for an individual or $2,800 for a family. Actually, not too high, right? Not too unusual. No, not too compared, bad. Not even too, you know, too high compared to um, individual plans. The deductible, of course, is what you pay in medical expenses before the plan kicks in, just to clear that up. There's also a maximum out-of-pocket of expense of $7,000 for an individual and $14,000 for a family. Again, not too out of line with most health plans. So if you have a major medical event, the most you would pay out-of-pocket would be $7,000 or $14,000 for the family. So you know, imagine like today someone being treated for COVID. I just read this, by the way, the average hospital bill, Mark, for someone being treated by COVID, mm-hmm. even younger, between 40 and 60, is like $80,000. Right, right. So the maximum out-of-pocket expense would be $7,000 for an individual. So whether it's a tr- traditional plan or an HSA with a high deductible plan, there's always a premium for the health insurance plan. The real difference is in this side fund. It's called the health savings account. So the idea is that if you have the money in the HSA side fund to pay for the deductibles and co-pays, et cetera, you'll more closely manage the money, more closely manage the expenses and keep the overall health cost down. Yeah. No, it definitely, again, can be a very useful tool. Uh, we joked years ago, we had this when I had my open heart surgery. That was like something that cost 300 grand, cost us like 8,000. <laughs> know, we made that joke about that ourselves, yeah. my wife and I, right? Because that's what we were, you know, kind of out of the pocket. So it can definitely be a useful tool. So the, the high deductible plan, you know, it is more like a kind of a catastrophic, to my point a second ago, type of health insurance plan that would prevent you from being kind of wiped out in the event that there was a really expensive. 
uh, event to the COVID or whatever you kind of want to use. So it sounds like the power, you know, is in the fund that you own, the actual health savings account. What are some of the benefits to the hidden benefits that people have these accounts that, again, they may not be aware of? Yeah, actually, here's some of the obvious benefits, and we'll get into some of the hidden benefits, the things that people don't really think about or consider, particularly in retirement. Uh, I I mentioned that it's kind of like an IRA for medical expenses where you can get the upfront tax deduction Mm -hmm. on the contribution. But what's really cool is that you actually get triple tax benefits. And I think most people don't think of it this way. You get the upfront tax deduction, right? So the maximum contribution to the account is $3,600 for an individual or $7,200 for a couple or a family. And there's also an additional $1,000 that you can kick in if you're over age 55. You get tax-free growth on the account and the account could be set up to invest just like you would do with an IRA. Depends on the company, depends on the HSA. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get tax-free withdrawal of the money if it's used to pay for medical expenses. You would get typically a debit card or a checkbook uh, with the account. I'm assuming that's what you have, yeah. correct? Uh, yeah, we yep. have a card. Mm-hmm. So you own, you own the health savings account. It's totally portable. When you leave the employer, you take the money with you. And there are no income limits to the tax deduction, unlike the IRA where you can get a deduction for the IRA contribution, but you lose it if your income is too high. We don't have that rule with the health savings account. So the rules for the game are um, are thus. The funds have to be used to withdraw tax-free only if they are eligible medical expenses. If they're not, they're subject to ordinary income taxes. And get this, Mark, a 20% tax penalty if (laughs) you're under 65 not 59 and a half 65 ouch a little bit of ouch yeah ouch indeed 20 percent so you know actually if you play by the rules the benefits can be really cool uh and you know you get the tax deduction benefits of the traditional ira but the potential tax-free benefit of the roth ira and to boot you know there's no income limits to your point so what happens at retirement then don you said obviously it's our account you know so how do we get it to grow and get the money out uh tax-free you know, I, I like that Roth IRA comparison, Mark. You know, you can think of the, the health savings account as kind of like a medical Roth IRA, right? Great way of looking at I, it, yep. I think that's where a lot of hidden benefits exist. So here are some rules. When you enroll in Medicare, you know, typically age 65, you can't make any contributions to the plan. And moreover, here's a technical point. You can't make any contributions the six months before you enroll in Medicare. So you need to be very careful that you don't run afoul of the of that rule and you're subject to a 6% excess contribution penalty. So at age 65, you can take the money out of the health savings account free of any 20% penalty, but you can only use them to pay for eligible medical expenses if you want it to be tax-free. So those quote-unquote eligible medical expenses include expenses like the Medicare Part B premium, the Medicare Part D, long-term care insurance, as well as any out-of-pocket expenses like dental, miscellaneous medical expenses. Here's what's weird though, Mark, you can't use the funds to pay for a Medicare supplement plans. (laughs) Weird, very quirky. So if you have, let's say, Ten or twenty or thirty thousand dollars in the plan. There's a lot of latitude 
and how you can let it grow and use them for medical expenses tax-free going forward once you're 65. Now, if you only have two or three thousand dollars in the plan, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to bend over backwards to preserve the account for a long period of time. You could just use it tax-free for the eligible medical expenses and kind of empty it out fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And do most people with these, uh, you know, the types of plans, they use that money in them to pay for those out-of-pocket expenses over the years. We're, we're not there yet, obviously, to retirement, but that's probably going to be our goal anyway. And we'll have to, you know, obviously talk through the best way to do that so that you could use that twenty or 30000 yeah, I think what the point is, a lot of people look at this and they say, you know, if I'm 40 years old or 50 or 52 or 55, yeah, I'm not going to have thirty or $40,000 in my account. So it's a good point. But many people who have these plans at age 65, Mark, they started when they were in their 40s or 50s. Right, right? Yeah. The, HS, the HSA plans have only started uh, less than 20 years ago. I think 2003 was the first year they started. Yeah. So when, when families have kids at home, there's a lot of medical expenses, right? When people are in their 40s or 30s particularly. But when the kids leave the house, if an individual or married couple are in good health, and let's say they're in their 50s or approaching 60, they can contribute uh, $8,200 a year into the plan if they're over 55. So if they're over at 55 good health and hit age 65, there could easily be over $30,000 in the account because they're not absorbing a lot of medical expenses. So it could be even more than that, by the way. So this is where it gets powerful. At age 65, you have, of course, Medicare Part A, Part B, Part D, and a good Medicare supplement plan, along often with long-term care insurance. So the only typical out-of-pocket expense that you have medically is something like dental or some prescription medications, if they're not covered with a Part D. Right. So most of these HSA plans have options where you can actually invest the funds in mutual funds and allow the account to grow tax-free for many, many years or even decades, then take the money out of the account tax-free to reimburse yourself for all the previous medical expenses you've accumulated over the years. So the account could be worth a couple of hundred thousand dollars really if you let it grow from 65 and you can end up saving tens of thousands of dollars in taxes. So for example, let's say you open the plan in 2010 and the account grew all the way to 2040. At that point, you have you know a, a big chunk of money in that, in that account. You can take all the money out of the account at that point completely tax-free if you kept records for all of your out-of-pocket expenses. Mm -hmm. And it's really not as hard as you might think to keep records of those medical expenses because your Medicare Part B, your Part D, your long-term care insurance all count as medical expenses. So it's really not that much of a burden often just to keep those in a file. But you need to be cautious because while you can leave the funds to your spouse if you're married at death and he or she can play by the same rules as you did, to withdraw the funds. If you leave the money to your kids, they'll not be able to take the money out tax-free as a reimbursement of your medical expenses for those years. They can only reimburse for only the last year that you were alive. So it's a little tricky if you're leaving the money to your kids and you have a lot of money in this account and you're older. They could take the money out penalty-free, of course, 
but there are ordinary income taxes due in the proceeds. Yeah. Well, there's definitely a lot to it. And I'm really glad you decided to have this conversation this week. And there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to go through. There's certainly some uh, some big points that can catch the ear, but there's also some fine points that you want to really understand better. So we'll put some links up in the show notes uh, to some of these different things. And remember, if this doesn't apply to you, it could apply to somebody else in your family. So be sure to share the show with them, uh, subscribe and all that good stuff. And as always, please, again, have a conversation with a financial professional. If this is something that might interest you or you have one and you'd like to learn more about how some of these nuances work, reach out to Don. Call him at 800-664-1183. It's 800-664-1183. You can have a 15-minute complimentary strategy session about it. Have a chit-chat with Don. He is a CPA and a CFP. Been helping families get to and through retirement for many, many years. So give him a call before you take any action. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button for us on uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, whatever platform you use for your money and your life. You can find all of it at Don's website, donaldcash.com. That is donaldcash.com. Com. All right, my friend, I'm going to let you go. I hope you have a great week. I'm going to go uh, here shortly today and take the wife out to dinner, and I hope you have a fantastic time. I'm glad and happy anniversary to you as well. Mark, happy anniversary. Have fun. We'll see you next time here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash from Donald W. Cash and Associates. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.